0: Welcome to the Moms um, Maternity YouTube show and podcast. I'm Amy Cruz, and today we have on Simone de Munoz. She is the author of the novel Man, Blue, and Mom to Two Boys. And uh, how are
1: you doing, Simone? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on today, Amy. Thank you. So you live in Silicon Valley, is that right? Yes, that's correct. I actually recently moved, and I'm in the Redwood City area now. Okay, do you think living in that part of the world led you to your first book? Oh, that's an interesting question. Nobody's asked me that. Uh, no, I don't think that my geography really relates to it. It's a universe, universal story. And when
0: did you start having the idea to write *Man Flu*?
1: So the idea was really driven by the Me Too movement uh, a couple of years ago. There were there were constant news stories where men in power kept getting in trouble for doing stupid things and i don't know if you were having these conversations with your friends but i certainly was and the conversations were why don't women run things you know when is it our turn um i think we would do a better job and you know that was the conversation that was happening and that was the motivation for the book let's see what would happen if women were in charge and um i ended up writing about a pandemic that killed or weakened men which was man flu but At that time, the pandemic was sort of secondary to me. I was just looking for a way to move men out of the way to let women run things. And then after that COVID hit, so that was just totally insane.
0: How much of your book is about the time period before the man flu came out versus how much of it is about women when they're leading?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So the book actually takes place 10 years after the pandemic hit. So it's way in the aftermath, and it's not about, about that transition period. I think a lot of dystopian books do put you right in there where things are going crazy and people are in the streets looking for food and, you know, that kind of time period. But mine is different because it's in a stable society. Society has already reorganized itself with women in charge, and we just get to see how that plays out. Wow. So yeah, it's different.
0: So I love that word you just used, dystopian. What does that really mean? Dystopian. So,
1: dystopian. Um, utopian would be uh, you're in a dream world. It's kind of like heaven. Everything's working great. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, everyone's happy. And then the opposite is dystopian, where it's a nightmare scenario. Everything's gone wrong. Um, the world's upside down. Um, so, I think man flu is it's dystopian in that dystopian is kind of this classic story where things go totally wrong, but at the same time, it's also kind of utopian because it shows how things would go with women running things and they're doing a better job.
0: And what, so tell us more, what in the book do the women do? Can you give any of it away?
1: Um, well, to, so the book is not, doesn't focus that much on the politics and the social structure. It's kind of in the background. It more focuses on the main character and the relationships between the characters. The main character is Dr. Morgan Digby, and she's a vaccine researcher. So that plays into the pandemic also. And so people kind of ask me, oh, you know, do you hate men? You want to kill all the men? And it's not it's not like that. You know, the main character actually is trying to save men. There's still some men remaining, and she's looking for the vaccine to protect them so that they don't get man flu and that men can go about their normal lives. So... Um, that's that's where the book starts, following her journey to, to make this vaccine happen. So
0: do you have some powerful thoughts on the role of gender in society? I mean, how did you get to this book about gender roles?
1: Yes, I, I have a lot of thoughts. I don't think we have time in this podcast for all my thoughts on gender roles in society. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I do think that women would make a lot of positive changes if they were in charge of running things. A major change that that happens in the book is that um, military and prisons are pretty much dismantled. um, And that saves a lot of money because um, if you ever looked at our federal budget, we spend a huge percentage of, of our revenue on military. And if there aren't men starting wars and fighting wars, you don't need to spend that money. You can spend it on other things like infrastructure or childcare, social support. So that's a big part. Of and this is a, and
0: this is globally in the book. They dismantle everything globally?
1: Um, the book focuses on the U.S., but you kind of assume that the same thing is happening in other parts of the world, too. Okay. And um, I have a master's in public policy, and I used to work in policy research in Washington, D.C. at a think tank. And that informed my thoughts on this, um, because so much of that work was looking at, the different spending and different buckets of spending and just how the military spending really dominates. Um, and even if you can reduce that by a little, there's a lot of space for doing for making other priorities happen.
0: What would they be that you think would be the new priorities?
1: Yeah, well, I think infrastructure, and we see that now. And, um, well, we do have a female vice president, and I don't know how much that plays in, but um, we see this big infrastructure bill happening. And infrastructure is really important for improving the lives of a lot of people. Um, and then again, we see the debate right now about paid family leave, um, support for childcare. Um, these are things that I think would be funded at a much higher level with more females in politics.
0: So, is in the book? Not sure if she finds and is successful in creating the vaccine that prevents the the men from getting man flu or sick. Um, do does the book have a the men kind of coming back at the end or does it end with her continuing
1: on the search? So I don't wanna give too much away. I know, I know, I know. Um, uh, I mean, I will say that there's a positive ending to the book, so I'll just leave it at that. Okay,
0: okay, that's fair. So, I mean, so yeah, so when I first read the title of the book and and thought about that, you know, I was like, okay, this is gonna be really sad, a world where there's no men. So, in the book, there is a man who I understand was like immune to the man flu, or it didn't affect him, right?
1: Yeah, so I can talk about the men in the book. There there are men. So, so the main character is married, um, and her husband has been infected with man flu and is bed bound. So, that's one of the possible effects. Um, So, she has to take care of him, which is also very relevant to what we see now. You know, women are working, they're also caregiving, they're doing a lot. So, she does have that role in her life. And then she meets a handsome neighbor who has never been infected with man flu and he has to stay in his house which is paralleled with covid people staying at home to try to stay safe and he needs to be really careful about about not getting sick and that's um a motivation for her to find the vaccine because then she could protect people like that handsome neighbor um and another person who's important in the book is someone who's one of her research subjects at, at her lab and this person just seems to be immune and nobody can really figure out why. So she's looking into why he's immune and how they can incorporate that into um, treatments or vaccines for man flu.
0: I mean, this is pretty awesome that you were able to get this book from your imagination and head onto paper. How Did, did you know you had the ability to write a book like this?
1: this? Well, this is my first book and it was a lot harder than I thought it would be. I'll say that. <laughs> um, I started writing just because I enjoyed it and it was a good escape from other things in life. You know, it was fun. And then uh, then COVID hit and I, I started talking to some people and there was an interest in publishing it because it was so timely. And I decided I really need to finish it. Did you yeah. get a
0: publisher or did you self-publish?
1: I, have, I worked with a hybrid publisher. Um, so they published the book, but I keep all the rights. That's cool. Uh, there is a fee involved in that. Um, it's a different model. You know, a lot of industries have been disrupted with the internet, and publishing is definitely one of those industries. So this is a. Do you, um, how
0: do you write? Do you? How many pages do you write at a at a time? Do you do you a lot of like I don't like this and throw it away? Do you type at your computer? Do you write in a notebook? Like, what's your process?
1: I write on my computer. Um, I don't really. I end up using a lot of what I write. I don't throw a lot away. Um, When I was writing this book, I set out the goal to write um, 1,000 words a week. So the way I came up with that goal is, I don't know if you're familiar with NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writers Month. And that happens in November every year. And the goal is to write 50,000 words throughout the month of November to get a good chunk of a novel done. Wow. that I would not do because a month for 50,000 words is not reasonable, just with my life and I have a full-time job and kids and all that. Um, but I thought I'll take that 50,000 word goal and, and and do that over a whole year. So that works out to about a thousand words per week. Um, so that's how I set that goal. And how many words is the book? Um, it's about 70,000 words. Okay. So it was a little bit more and I had a crunch time at the end, but um, I think, oh, oh, sorry, you cut out for a second. Um, I think the message is that, that you know, if if it's someone's dream to write a book, um, if you want to take a year to do it, a thousand words a week is not that much.
0: So it took you one year to write this book, is that correct? Uh, roughly a year, yes. And when did, so then, when did you officially launch the book? Like, when was it available for reading and purchase?
1: It came out in March. Um, so my timeline was, I started writing in the summer of 2019, I finished it up roughly in September of 2020 and then there was an editing process which took several months and then marketing the book also took a few months. So from summer 2019 to March 2021.
0: What has been some of the reception on the book, positive and negative, if you want to share?
1: Um, the, the comments have been really positive that it was uh, a page turner, that people really enjoyed it, that they thought maybe it would be too soon with the pandemic, but that it's different enough that it doesn't really feel like that. Um, I haven't really had much negative feedback, but um, you know, my tip for any authors, don't look at your Goodreads reviews <laughs> because those, those are bad. So if you oh, don't look okay. at Goodreads, I mean, not mine, anyone's. These are mean on Goodreads. Are
0: they Goodreads? Okay, yeah. mean people are on Goodreads. Good to know. Um, So the book is really about the need for women to take more leadership roles. Would you agree with that?
1: Um, I mean, that's one way you can take it. That I wouldn't say that that's how I necessarily intended the book to be. I more thought about the relationships between the characters and, and made it engaging from that perspective and um, more just imagine what the world would be. I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm not making a recommendation. It's more just exploration I would say.
0: Okay so it's really just like um, a creative work uh, between characters and you didn't set out then to try to make like a societal point?
1: Well I think the societal point becomes obvious. Okay
0: so that was your goal to, to make a societal point
1: with it. I mean my goal was my goal was to um get a book out there that was engaging and interesting and um I, I don't know if, uh, I haven't really thought about putting out the book, the book in order to make social commentary, but um, I guess that's uh, a side effect of, of the whole process of it.
0: So do you feel that you're going to write another book?
1: Um, well, so far I've written a short story featuring some of the characters from Manflu. I actually just released that. It's called The First Time in Forever and it's a romance. So that's a departure, that's totally new for me. But it's the same characters? It has it features some of the same characters. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. So it's just trying something new. I don't know what my next step will be. I'm trying to see how this short story does and go from there. Uh-huh.
0: Well, it sounds really interesting. Um, you know, I think that the idea of a, a flu that only affects one gender is pretty powerful. Um
1: well if I don't know if you remember the beginning of COVID, they were saying that men were more affected by COVID. And I was like, oh my gosh, did I predict this? Did I Really? this? That
0: is crazy, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they were saying that. And uh, I believe the death rates were higher for men. Um, right in the beginning of the pandemic, all this came out and it was right after I had started writing. And I really felt like I had created a monster.
0: And you are you are, you are a working mom. You said you have a full-time job? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I work in nonprofit management.
0: And, um, and your husband works as well?
1: Yes, my husband works in tech and we have two boys ages seven and 10.
0: And I saw in your bio, you noted that your husband was patient.
1: <laughs> um, he did take on a lot of extra child care when I was getting my writing done. So That's awesome. cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I
0: guess, you know, leadership today in the world, do you have any statistics on how much of it is led by men? And when you talk about leadership, are you talking about Public sector or private sector, or both?
1: Um, I don't have statistics at my fingertips on that. Um, I just know that you you always see these statistics about the CEOs and the percentage that are women, um, members of Congress, the percentage that are women. And I think society could do better with raising those percentages.
0: Why do you think that women's percentages are so low in those areas?
1: I think it's it's a lot of um, this historical treatment of, of women and there a lot of it has to do with childbearing and how women spend more of their time doing that and have less time to, to pursue um, careers and go as far in their careers as men and I think there has to be that is, the solutions have to come on both sides. The women, um, need to be given those opportunities, but then also the men need to take on more in the home to allow women the time to do those. Um, so,
0: so do you yeah. see that in the next hundred years, we'll
1: see a shift? I don't know. I mean, things are just so wild right now in with, the pandemic and politics that it's hard to make predictions
0: yeah yeah no i mean i talked to a lot of people on the podcast who share a similar point of view or at least one specific uh show i did with Lori levin a couple of months ago on um you know if we saw more women leaders that the world would potentially be a better or pe- more peaceful place mm-hmm. um and then i i do see comments you know there's a lot of rhetoric on you know, don't feel guilty for being a working mom. Like it's important to follow, you know, your dreams and yourself. And, um, do you feel mom guilt at times or, I mean, we all do, right?
1: I don't really feel that much mom guilt because I spend a lot of time with my kids. I think working in the nonprofit sector, the hours are not that crazy and I don't travel. Um, so I think I have a a good balance. Um, but it's not easy. And I think it would be great if it, if it was easier for other moms to have that experience too. And um, and also to have more support from partners so that um, if they are taking on higher power jobs or busier jobs, that they can feel comfortable that their partners are doing that work at home and they don't have to feel the guilt because do men feel guilty when they're working? No, because they feel comfortable that their wives are with the children, you know? So can we reverse that? And um, you know, if we're women married to men, can we feel comfortable that the men are doing more with the kids? So why should we feel guilty about about having big careers?
0: That's so interesting. So you do, you believe that men don't have any guilt um, when they're working heavy hours, that they're not being more at home? I
1: mean, I guess, I'm sure some of them do, but it's mm-hmm. not something that you hear about. And I right. think it's less than with women. And I do think it's because the men Feel comfortable that
0: their wives are handling things at home. It's really no, it's interesting. Yeah, um, I think you know raising kids is is a very important. It's a full time job for for two parents to figure out how to do on their own. I know there's a lot of single parent households out there, and a lot of um, kind of non standard family structures that we're seeing pop up that potentially could be part of the solution, if if you will.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's all kinds of creative ways to have a family. Um, I think it's great if one person, it doesn't matter what gender, can focus more on, on the home. Um, and it would be nice if, if men felt more supported if, if they wanted to do that. Um, and then of course there's different childcare options. For us, we've ha- uh, what allowed me to do a lot of work on this book and, and in my career is that we had an au pair uh, throughout much of the pandemic. Um, that person then left, um, and now, and then there was this big gap where, because of the pandemic, we couldn't get another au pair and that was super stressful. And I just, oh, tried, wow. yeah, struggled with childcare while trying to work at this time. Um, but we recently got a new au pair in October and it's just been world changing having childcare again.
0: Wow. Do your boys start, did they start writing more seeing you write so much with this book?
1: Yes, they, that's that's funny that you say that because my older son he was just showing me he was like oh I'm writing this book I'm I'm putting quotes in from famous people I'm like oh, okay you know, they'll so just cool. write, yeah they'll randomly do things like that like my younger son did a little book on animals he's like I'm not there <laughs> I so have cool. not <laughs> yeah, they're really into it, and they're both, of course, really into reading because I'm always reading, and I still read to them, even though they're seven and ten. So, books so did are- you
0: come up with the title of your book Manflu before you started writing it, or did the title emerge after you were writing it?
1: Actually, my husband came up with the title. Oh, and so he came good. up with it right when I told him the idea I had for the book. He said you have to call it man Oh, that's so
0: cool. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm always accusing him of man flu whenever he gets a cold.
0: I mean, I wish you could tell us more about the book, but I know you want us to read it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I think um I, I will give the warning that there is steam in the book. Oh, it's it's a romance, is it a romance novel? It's not a romance. I would say it's a thriller. Okay. Um, uh, because you know, there's kind of a bad guy and um by guy or girl, uh and and the main character is is uh has to pursue her goals despite this negative influence happening, but along the way there is some steam
0: I mean, you should definitely this is so timely with COVID. I mean, I wish you could get on like national TV and talk about it. It's so interesting.
1: Oh, thank you. I you know, I've been trying to do a lot of podcasts and get the word out about my yeah. Wife, but being published with a hybrid publisher it, the marketing piece has definitely been challenging
0: yeah where do people find the book right now how do they
1: buy it it's on amazon there's um an ebook paperback hardback audiobook i know a lot of especially busy moms like to listen to audiobooks um you can also go to your bookstore and ask them to order it
0: and uh, did you um have any authors that inspired you that you kind of would recommend as well if they enjoy your book that else they might enjoy
1: well, I was inspired by Margaret Atwood, of course, The Handmaid's Tale, but I see my book as a counterpoint to that because that book was men are in charge and look at all the horrible things that happen. <laughs> and *Manflu* is kind of like women are in charge and it's not that bad.
0: <laughs> wow, that's so interesting. I love that. Have you been able to network with
1: her? Oh, I wish. No, that's that would be one of my dreams. <laughs>
0: that's amazing to get it yeah. make it happen. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you so much. Everyone, get a copy of Man Flu. You want to recap for us one more time in the plot?
1: Yes. So it's about a world after a pandemic which has killed or weakened men, leaving women in charge. And the main character is a vaccine researcher looking for that vaccine to prevent the remaining men in the world from getting man flu. And along the way, she meets a handsome neighbor who has never been infected, which provides more motivation for finding that vaccine.
0: Does she end up with him? Can you just tell us that? I
1: can't tell you. That. All right.
0: Thank you so much, Simone. It was so
1: nice talking to you. Manfully. Thank you. Baby. I appreciate okay. it. Bye. For more, please visit com.